Sport Press Podcast featuring hosts Shay Hove, Chef, Wheezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the Full Sport Press Podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I am Jay Hove. It's your boy, Big Jeff. Wheezy in the building. Say what's up, Wheezy. What it do, what it do. Coach Locke back in the building say, what's up, Cat? What's good? What's good, fellas? Y'all all right? Trying to make it, Coach. Trying to make it, As man. As always. Yeah, for As sure. Always. How's everybody doing, man? Everybody doing okay? Especially us four people on this here call. Um, is everybody doing okay? Yeah, you know. Yeah, we, we, we hold on. Together we stay in the valley. We fall, yeah. but I like that. Keeping way. the fight. Keeping the fight alive, baby. 100%, man. Speaking of the fight, episode 320, things got so crazy. We had an entire show prepared for you guys, yo. And what we had to do was scrap that. Things were going audible. so crazy in the world. We pulled an audible. Mike Vick audible, too. Mike nah, Vick his audibles weren't that well. I would say more of a Peyton Manning. Omaha. Yeah. Omaha. No, we're not Peyton Manning. We're not Peyton Manning audible. We're Mike Vick audible. True. Steve McNair. Steve McNair. Steve McNair. We're not Peyton Manning. man. Yeah. We pulled a Steve McNair. Uh, we had to dedicate the entire show about how sports are being affected by the protests going on in the world today. FSP style. Always. Always. FSP style. <laughs> you better damn know it, and you better damn believe it. Let's kick it off, man. Best of the week, Jeff. What you got? Man, just the youth of America. That's all I'm going to say. They, they have definitely stepped out in front of the in front of the camera, in front of the world. And leading the way, I'm super proud of him, man. That's all I'm going to say. Sure. What you got, Coach? Finally, we're going to get a 2020 NBA champion this year. We didn't know if it was going to happen, but we're all going to get one. Uh, it won't it'll be not like it typically is. And then to go along with the, the NBA, 2K added the Black Lives Matter and the George Floyd shirt. And on them George Floyd, I guess I should say. And I can't breathe shirts to the players on 2K. They shut down all the playing for two hours online. So that was really 2K to do that. What you got, Weezy? Uh, best week for me is uh, LeBron James, man. Just been a fearless, fearless leader this week, man. Got to respect that. 100%. My uh, best of the week is also NBA 2K. Handing out virtual T-shirts that, you know, saying Black Lives Matter. We're in a pandemic. People are still playing 2K to let them know that they stand with everything. And they also donating a million dollars towards the Black Lives Matter Fund. So shout out to NBA 2K, man, standing on the right side of things. Um, worst of the week, I think we're going to go with a collective here. Things have been stressful for four black males that are on this podcast. Hell, our, our entire lives. So easily the worst of the week, man. Things is going on. Also on top of that, keeping the conversation going with friends and family. 
uh, just to kind of keep your mentals in order because, man, everybody's depressed, everybody's anxiety is up, which in turn can uh, manifest into other things, man. So make sure, man, you're getting out, getting some air, talking to your friends and family for sure. Most definitely. Well said, brother. Well said. Yeah, man. Um, stat of the week to kind of keep the <laughs> push the mood up a little bit. Shout out to Bryce and his homeboy Andrew. He put he got some help with this one for this fine. In the 2014 and 15 NBA season, Josh Smith led the NBA with 83 games played. He was released mid-season from the Detroit Pistons, later picked up by the Houston Rockets, which allowed him to accomplish this rare stat. Shout out to Bryce and Andrew for that fine. Who also with Josh Smith, he just finished getting his last check from the Detroit Pistons in June of 2020. So shout out to Josh Smith still getting those checks for sure. Josh Smith is definitely still getting them checks. That's how you do it. When you yeah. want to stop playing, you still want them checks to keep rolling in for sure. Yeah, just outperform your contract, and then when you actually get the contract, don't perform at all. Real, <laughs> nah. let me shoot Josh Smith some bail. One jump shot away from being one of the best ever. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. One jump. If he the best? ever had a jump shot, Josh Smith would be one oh. of the best players he had the size pause he could see the court he could he could get to his spot in the paint but when the game changed he couldn't adapt yeah but, but his jump shot got better though it wasn't good enough no solid no, no, no. <laughs> he had one good he had one good series against your boy chris paul and the clippers when he was in houston he had yeah, that was at the end though that was, at the that end. was it that was he had two team. years in Atlanta, dog, that he was should have been an all-star. That's what I'm saying. Josh Smith had all the tools. He just For never sure. – he looked, his whole career was Luther Curl. The training, the gym rats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't cool to work on your game as much as it is now. Yeah, he, he came in right at the end of the attitude era of the NBA. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, came, he was still big shorts, big long shorts. <laughs> yeah. And he was he was hometown. He, you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. he, you know he was kicking it tough at the hometown of Atlanta, man. So you know you from that, and you playing for the Atlanta Hawks, and you the man there, man. He he was kicking it for sure. Now make sure you check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and of course the SoundCloud page to catch up on the full archive of past episodes of FSP. How do you do that? Just search for Sport Press Podcast. After you do that, make sure you check out the On Deck TV hip-hop podcast with Animal Brown and Spike Blue every Wednesday. Their latest issue is up, the George Floyd episode. You know, Lou and I have had our back and forth about how we can make change in the world. So Lou, Lou addressed that a little bit. So, you know, it's always good to hear Lou come at me on his show. But it's all good, though. You know? <laughs> but no, nah, I'll just decide they did, they did a good job, man. They, uh, it's a tough issue. It, it affects all aspects of the world right now since all of us are technically supposed to be in the house. Uh, so... You know, seeing that, hearing that, I should say, it was dope. Shout out to the guys. Yeah. Shout out to it, the guys. It definitely hit home for sure, especially with all of us being black males. You know, we're, we're the ones that's scared, like literally, like scared to drive down the street. You don't have nothing in your car, but you see the police and you get nervous because of all the things that's going on. And that's crazy to, to think like that, but it is what it is, the reality of it. There's never been a point in my life when I was pulled over that I wasn't nervous about anything pertaining to the police. So 
And that's my entire life. It didn't have anything to do with the last, you know, a couple of years, things of that nature. My entire life, the, the police mm -hmm. were never um, a site of, of like a reassurance. Comfort. Yeah, <laughs> reassurance for sure. Mm -mm -mm. Shout out to the guys, man. That was a hell of an attempt to get things going, man. And it's all about having those conversations. Fresher than your average podcast, featuring myself, my dog, Animal Brown. Self-help fashion podcast directly related to improving everyday fashion. We still have the IG live show going through our favorite Jordan sneakers up right now. Check out FTYA for the entire episode. It's up on AB's page. And it's also a link for it on the FTYA page directly for the culture. Where you kick still, man. And cop responsible. Please watch that FTYA. <laughs> oh, please watch that. Abuse hey, in his bag, man. He's still <laughs> hey. A lot of flexing going on in that show, man. A lot of flex. Jeff, you yes, got sir. 10 good wrestling seconds. Uh, I could pull 10 out this week. Uh, all right, cool. Let's start the clock. As with the rest of the world, the wrestling world was uh, affected by what's going on outside. Um, we saw a lot of wrestlers speak up that I was really shocked to hear from. Randy Orton being the main one. I was so surprised for Randy Orton. Didn't think he would say anything. Um, and him saying Black Lives Matter was probably top five most shocking moments of this whole thing of <laughs> people speaking out because it's Randy Orton. If you follow wrestling a lot, you would think, wow, that was all right, man. So he, seeing him speak up, um, hearing other wrestlers show their true colors and realize, oh, you're not just playing a character. You really are an a-hole. So, yeah, that's pretty much what we have with that. And, um, you know, June 12th, man, we still come. 808s and chair shots June 12th. So, you know, look out for your feeds, followers, all that good stuff on all the good podcasting platforms. 808s and chair shots on all your social medias, too. Sure, man. Shout out to you and Neek, man. Let's get it going. Me, 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 me. <laughs> now, too, this is a question throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. That the revolution will be podcasted. And before we get started with the first half, Wheezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. This week's award recipient is Linda Hogan. You got it, Jeff. Oh, so Linda Hogan showed how that household really was being ran back in the day. Uh, she was on her Twitter account, which probably, if you haven't looked on Linda Hogan's Twitter, you might want to check that out. Pretty enlightening on how she feels about certain things. She loves puppies, though, so I'm with her on that. So her last tweet that was now has since been deleted was on Twitter this week. She says, watching the looting, and I quote, watching the looting, all I see is Afro-Americans. Not sure how robbing and stealing set the record straight, but if they want to be heard, they need to be civilized. Wow. Come on. Leave it there. Okay, so... Shout out to Linda Hogan. Uh, like how I do you civilize people, though? What is he saying? What is, what, what's the, what, how do you? Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no words for that because she, she left it up for a majority of the day. It took people attacking her daughter, who's, trying, who, who's known for loving black men and having a music career and being attacked on Twitter for her to take it down. Linda Hogan is a special person because she took her divorce. She keeps her divorced husband's stage name as her real name so you know that's cool. one thing um and yeah man like this is weird like you showed your true colors that quick like 
No one was asking you anything. No one was, you know, no one wanted you to come speak. They didn't want to speak to you or Ja Rule about this, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they didn't understand. I don't understand where this came from. So Linda Hogan, you are our you know, Yellow Box of Cheerios recipient this week. How we get it out to a Weez? Uh, that's on the way now. It's on the way it's now. In the air. Drone. <laughs> got a drone. Got a got drone, drone into it. Yeah. So we he just drop right on the front porch. She, she's in or out. She might be getting it right now. It might be at her doorstep. <laughs> Last time y'all heard Afro-American. Like, that's, Man. That's, <laughs> I had to be in history class. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that, though. I mean, you know how that she was married to Hulk Hogan. Right. I'm not surprised. I was always told growing up as a kid, crazy loves crazy. Yeah. You know, racist <laughs> love racist. Let's get it. You guys ready to get started? Yes, sir. The first half is underway. Full sport press. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press Podcast. Before we get started, I am Jay Hope. It's your boy, Big Joe. I'm Weezy. What it do? It's your man, Coach Locke. Locke, where can they find you on social media, my brother? Nothing has changed, man. It's Locke underscore the underscore great. That's T-H-A on IG and Twitter. What about you, Weezy? FSP underscore Weezy on IG, and I'm at Weezy on Twitter. I love it. So, what about you, Jeff? J Easley 84 across all social media platforms. And I am J-A-I-H-O-V on Instagram and Twitter. Have a conversation with me on Twitter in a couple of weeks. I am chilling on Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool of stress <laughs> yeah, in a couple of weeks, man. Maybe maybe seven days. I'm going to let that thing clear out seven days, man. Just a lot, man. Ooh, man, Twitter's a lot. You see a little bit of everything, boy. Man. Huh? Twitter, man. Facebook. Facebook. Ooh, I'm not. Listen. Hey, I, listen. Boiling this pool. <laughs> I retired Facebook, what, about 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. Bro, you got to, bro. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, check us out on YouTube.com slash Full Sport Press. Please subscribe on there. We are giving out a, a, a hoodie and a T-shirt. So please stay tuned to that. We are scheduled to do that soon. So keep your eyes open on the Full Sport Press page to figure out how that will happen. Usually in the first half, we kick off things with the hottest sports news of the past week. But the only news that have been relevant to each and every one of us um, everything that's going on in the world today, man. We're going to basically talk about how those things are affecting sports. First thing we'll kick things off with is immediate feelings about the protests that are going on. Uh, we can kick things off with you, Jeff. Man, you know, I wrote something real poignant and all this trying to cover all the bases. Man, screw it. At this point, <laughs> I'm just happy people are um, continuing to stay focused on what's going on. Um, all the, you know, all the things that led up to what's happening right now, um, George Lloyd, um, the young, the young lady, Brianna, um, and then also with Amaya Aubrey, uh, Georgia, um, and then all the other situations where people can call the police on people just because they're black and bird watching in New York and things like that. And, you know, all those instances being kind of bundled together led to all of this. And I'm glad we're not losing sight of that. You know, no matter how many attempts that you've had as far as saying, oh, you guys are, you know, you're vandalizing Target or you're doing this, you're doing that. You're doing it for a reason. 
even if you know we didn't even start if some other race or creed was the one that broke the windows out who knows but at the end of the day it was started for the right reason the people who are on the side of right continue to be there that's all i can ask you got a reason it's just been a lot of anger a lot of anger frustration for for a good reason though people are protesting and looting not just because they came but they're tired bro they're tired it's, it's, it's one of the situations where when Trey Martin and, and Mike Brown and I would call one of my homeboys and we'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fucked up, man. You know, now we, we're not just saying that's messed up no more. We, we're sick of it. You know what I'm saying? We're sick of it. We're tired of it. It's to show that we're human. We can't help we're, that we're black and beautiful. Kings, we can't help that. It's just part of it. The way these young people are, are going right now, the world's in trouble, man. And we ain't, we ain't scared of a good fight right now. That's all I'm saying. You're up, lot. This is something that's been going on far longer than what the light is starting to shine on it. Uh, like you make, like Weezy and Jeff mentioned, all the past people that have gone through this. Um, and I'm glad to see that we as Blacks are starting to come together and actually put our foot down. Uh, we've had times where he protested, but it hasn't been to this extreme, and I'm all for it. Uh, I'm also glad that it's being brought to light of the people that are not there for the right reasons are the ones that's doing the negative things like busting out the windows the police have been caught on tape and on video busting out windows people that are not black so they can't try to say we're not doing things the right way i like that all 50 states had protests that's something that we i don't think we've ever seen where each state came out and did a protest for this so it's showing we're doing things the right way I just want us to continue that until change happens. Because when you're in something like this, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it's not nothing that's going to happen overnight because you got to go back. It's 400 years plus of getting to this point. So it's not anything that's going to change over the next few days. It's going to take a while, but you have to start somewhere. And I saw some of David Banner said that we have to stay focused on one task at hand. And right now it's this situation. Yeah, for sure. To kind of put a bow on things, man, um, I don't want to basically say everything because you guys hit all the points that um, I wanted to speak on, for sure. But I think it's progress, man. I think we see the, the side turning towards more people that were unaffected prior to all of this are becoming a little bit more outraged, I would say, more than normal. Um, you know, all these people that we invited to the cookout, this is the time for them to show it with that potato salad. Fire up the grill. We need you. We need each and every one of you. If you go back and look at history, when Rosa Parks was arrested for failing to give up her seat to a white man, African-Americans, we stopped going and using the bus. We carpooled, walked to their destinations for 381 days, y'all. Something I didn't know. So I just don't think that, you know, like Locke said, Rome was not built in a day. We have to continue to keep the fight going because there's a lot of stuff that's got to go on. George Floyd's murderers, you know, that trial has to go through. Um, we also have to do the Ahmaud Arbery, you know, trial. That has to go through its case. I just don't want people to stop looking down at people that aren't protesting as well because some people are protesting on social media. Some are doing it silently. Some are educating themselves. Some are educating the uneducated. And as long as it's being progressive, we just got to stop judging people for running. Everybody's race is different. So just got to make sure that we are all doing something to kind of help out the cause and 
you know, I'm a little bit hopeful. I mean, we won't see it in our lives. Unfortunately, I don't think our kids will see it as well, but I think it's going in the right situation as far as progress, unfortunately. So let's kick things off, man, with the NFL, NCAA. How do you think NFL teams are handling this, guys? They're slowly trying to figure it out. Moving a little bit too slow for me, though, but they're slowly – and they're slowly trying to do the right thing. But they kind of crept on themselves first, you know what I'm saying? So they got to go back and try to try to refix things like we don't see what's going on. But they they crept on themselves first. So they got, a, they got a lot of making up to do. 100%. A lot. In NFL, you had a chance. You could have been on the front lines of this. This was started in well, – let me take that. It wasn't started. But the NFL had a chance in 2016 to get ahead of everything. When you had someone in your league protesting police brutality right there on the front lines for you. And instead of doing that, you blackballed it. True. Don't care what you say, you blackballed it. People like Mike Glennon and, 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 and Nathan Peterman still can get jobs. And you had a quarterback who was a starting caliber quarterback not get a job for going on now, I believe, year four. I believe this would be year four. Because you wanted him out of the league because you were afraid that white people could not handle being called racist every day to their face. That's what it is. Like, it, we, we coddle white people, and this is Jeff talking. This ain't full sport press. This ain't real bill. This ain't none of that. This is Jeff talking. So if you disagree with it, come see Jeff. Jay Easley 84 across all social media platforms. We were, uh, people were afraid to say to white people, you have to do this, or you have to change this, or you have to look at it this way. People are afraid to do that because they're afraid that white people may turn it back on their sports league because they are the majority of people in this country. So instead of doing that, you blackball somebody and then now look at you. It's kicking your ass. Because now you got to go back and say, you got to get your commissioner on TV last night saying, we were wrong. We were on the wrong side of this and we could have done this. No, you had a shot. You've had a shot. You told your players to shut up. You told your players to stand up. You told your players you can't protest. To call up, to make sure a president, you don't want to get tweeted from a president because you don't want him to be on the wrong side of his shit either. No, man. I have haven't banged with the NFL since I've been on this show. I watched it. I watch it because I am a Buffalo Bill fan. I watch it. We're t- I know we're going to talk about that too, but I watch it because of the show. But ever since then, I haven't banged with the NFL like I normally have, and this is another reason why I'm not to. I agree with like Weezy and Jeff both said. The NFL, it's, it looks like it's an after-the-fact situation. You could have been the first major sports league to be understanding to what we're going through, especially when your league is dominated by black males. Like Roger Goodell said in that video, it wouldn't be no league without the black males. And we know that. That's something that we've been knowing. But it shouldn't take for something like this to happen for you to realize to come out and say, we made a mistake. Or, you know, now we see we're with you guys. Because now it looks like you're only doing that because you know it's going to be a repercussion if you don't, which that's not genuine. Four years after the fact, when it was explained by Kaepernick, who's the person that did this, why he was kneeling, he came out and said personally himself, I'm not trying to disrespect the flag. That's not what this is about. And that's the thing the NFL and the white people, other races, didn't understand. It was never about a flag. It was never about that. It was about the things that was happening to black males, black athletes that he wanted to bring awareness to. But they were so stuck on the flag, which had nothing to do with that. Which Kaepernick told a story that he was talking to a veteran 
And the veteran was the one that told him not to sit down. He was like, I understand what you're doing. I'm all for it. You want to protest? Good. I'm with you on that. But let me try to help you show what to do. That's why Kaepernick started to kneel. Because if you remember, you go back, initially he was just sitting down during the game for his protest. Kaepernick did that by listening to this man. And he said, okay, I get what you're saying. I hear you. So I'm going to take a knee instead of sitting down. I think with the NFL, I didn't expect too much from the NFL. They still have a team called the Redskins in 2020. FSP, we don't call the Washington Redskins the Redskins. We call them the Washington football team. So there's only three African-American coaches, two African-American GMs. The bar is low with the NFL. They had a chance. If they supported Cap 2016, they had a chance to be a beacon of progress, just like the NBA is getting. And um, now we just look at them as a bunch of shameless hypocrites. 70% of your league is African-American, man. And now you don't understand the reason as to why we were kneeling, protesting. Now you get it. Now you understand you guys were wrong. They dropped the ball. And it's something that I don't think they'll fully recover from going along with their quarterbacks as well, who had not spoke out too much. But the one that did speak out the most was Drew Brees. Jeff, you can kick it off with Drew Brees. Hold on, hold on. One time before we move on, y'all, one time. I just got the email said I'm good. I'm good for a fine this week, so I'm a, I'm I'm not gonna be professional right here. I'm a huge football fan. My favorite sport, and I love the NFL, but you know, not not really. I'm a football fan. I, I got respect for the athletes. I got respect for, uh, you know, when Julio Jones go make one-handed catches and when uh, old Odell Beckham where you know he dances in the end zone. I'm a huge fan of football, and the NFL claims to be a step ahead of any any other sports organization in the world. They, they're the best. It was a whole pandemic where people were dying, 100,000 people were dying. They did the draft, they did free agency, like nothing ever happened in the world. And all we needed was one time for them to sign one person, to step up and sign one person. That's all, that's all, that's all we needed, a, a signature. One time, somebody could make a phone call to make a phone call. Hey, let's just do this one time. It, it, it hurt me. It hurt me. But I, I was good. I know I'm going to get a fine for that one, but it's cool. I'm, I'm good for this week. you definitely not getting fined for that. That ain't. Yeah. I like you that. Uh, Drew Brees. Man, you know what? Drew Brees is a funny case because he was the signal of hope when Katrina happened. He came to that city, I want to say the year, like the season after Katrina, because he got there. He, Reggie Bush got there. Um, and they started their run of, you know, being, you know, a popular team, you know, showing city, that city can rebuild. And the thing is, in one in one question, he smacked all those people in the face. Contrary to what you may think, I don't, I don't think you all know this, but people who listen to this may not know this. New Orleans don't look like Drew Brees. It doesn't. Then you might go on Bourbon Street, have a good time. That might look a little more like Drew Brees than you, you know, but New Orleans, New Orleans? Don't look like Drew Brees. You avoiding the question that the gentleman asked you and going straight. My grandfather was this, uh, was a Marine, was in the Army. I love to see the flag and blah, blah, blah. Yo, bro, that's cool. That ain't what he asked you. You got to come to that huddle, though. You got to look at Kamara in the face. You got to look at Thomas in the face. You got to look at all those people that you that make you who you are because that arm strength really ain't what it used to be because like, it ain't like it used to be. And Michael Thomas make you look good right now. You got to look them in the face, man. Now, now you got a problem because now it's a whole different ball game. And I don't, you know, I ain't gonna talk too much. I let y'all, you know, pick it up from there. But keep that in mind, Drew Brees. 
just to piggyback off what Jeff said, man, Drew Brees was one of the quarterbacks that was loved in New Orleans. We thought Drew Brees was understanding and with us, but as it comes out to say and see, when they asked him about that, you go to the flag again. Kind of the same thing that goes back to 2016 again. You, you're caught up on the flag, and that's not what it's about. And once again, it looks like he's backtracking because people were going at his head all on social media, players, teammates, players from other sports. And then he comes out and says, I was misunderstood. Uh, I've talked to some players and some people, and now I get it, and now I'm with you guys. It's too late for that. You say that, and his players have come out and said they accepted his apology, and they've spoken with him. Uh, Michael Thomas said, you know, he accepts his apologies, and that's what they talked to do as Christians. Now it's back to the movement. Kamar tweeted he had a day to digest his comments that Drew made. He was disappointed and hurt, but they've talked and explained him where he dropped the ball, but now it's time to be part of the solution. At what point are they going to realize and see it from the beginning? Is there ever going to be a point where they see it from the jump to really understand what we're going through and what it's all about? He didn't say, I, I, I see what you guys are going through and, and you know, I want to talk to you guys about it and see what's the best things we can do to try to help resolve this. You went to the flag again, and that's not what this is about. He had me fooled. I, I'm going to admit that on live, <laughs> whatever, uh, on our platform right here. And the thing about me is, if you watch that first interview, when he was on Yahoo Sports, what he was doing on, he was real relaxed, chilled. He was in his house. He was He felt comfortable saying that. That's what that's what got me. And then when 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 he started backpedaling like Darrell Reeves, backpedaling like Deion Sanders. My thing is, Drew Brees, we watch movies, man. We know what actors look like. <laughs> We've seen Poetic Justice. We've seen Life. We've seen Jason Clearance. We've seen uh, you know, I mean, we know who Tyler Perry is. We know who Lorenz Tate is. We know who Regina Hall is. We know who Issa Rae is. You know what I'm saying? We got. It. I'm just telling you, we, we, we've seen movies, so we know what acting looks like. He fucked up. I'm good. Yeah, nah, uh, with Drew Brees, man, we didn't need that apology. You know, the damage was already done. Now he has Olivia Pope on his uh, team, and they're doing a great job to get things back to the Drew Brees that we know. Uh, you have to also think, too, he isn't just tone deaf, willfully ignorant. He spent most of his life surrounded by teammates of color, all backgrounds. Played the bulk of his career with Sean Payton, one of the most enlightened white coaches there is in the NFL. You're in, like Jeff said, one of the blackest cities in all of America, and you still say what you said. And now, yeah, the backpedaling ain't going to work. Damage control can only do so much at this point. He's 41 years old. This will be the last year we'll see Drew Brees playing quarterback. You would think that he would just be a little bit more aware of his type of reactions, considering the fact of how great he is when he's behind those black offensive linemen and white offensive linemen to have the awareness to make a correct pass. And his accuracy has been one of the best we've seen since Steve Young. But, yeah, nah, he missed this. He missed this wide open pass, man. And I think this will affect the entire 2020 season for the Saints. They were favorites to win. Um, now I think the football gods won't bless them because of this situation 100%. Let's skip on to Florida State's coach. And I will let – Coach Locke, speak on this first, and then we'll be followed by Jeff, then Weezy, and I'll bring up the real. There you go, Coach. Well, as people know, Florida State's coach, Mike Norville, was called out by a player for personally talking to each other about the killing. 
And Mike Nova said that he went back and forth individually with every player this past weekend following the tragic death of George Floyd. Well, star defensive tackle Marvin Wilson came out and said there was no one-on-one talk between us. And it was basically a text message that he sent out, a mass text message. So it just goes to show again, after that happened, once again, we start backpedaling. We start saying things like, I, I understand now, you know, we're going to do better with, with our players. We're going to talk to our players. And I, I encourage my players for speaking out and talking about what they believe in. And, you know, I support them. But why did it take for one of your players to call you out on it? Did nobody ask you to say that you talked to all the players one-on-one personally? You should have just said what it was from the jump. You sent out a mass text message to the players checking on them. If that's what you wanted to do, that's what you wanted to do. It's a lot of players on the team. I get that. It's 70 players on that team, 75 players. Everything is real sensitive right now because we're hurting. The things we're seeing, we're not going to let slide that we typically would let slide and go through. So I don't know how this is going to affect Florida State right now. Wilson did come out and say that he spoke to coach and everything is fine now. But it's another one of those things where it's always going to be in the back of the mind of players. And now when you're recruiting these players, which you're recruiting mostly black athletes, they're going to remember this. So that's going to hurt us as a Florida State team and a Florida State fan. All right. So Wilson came back to Florida State because he believed in what Coach was saying. That was the only reason he came back. So if you think about a player like that who was going to get drafted, he may not have been first day, may have been second day, possibly third day, but was going to get drafted, he comes back singularly for a coach. Then that coach spits in his face before the season even starts, the leader of the team. You fired a coach last year who had the locker room, had the, those were his guys. They believed in him, were hurt when he was fired. I get it. It's a business. We lost to Miami. Cool. Then you bring in a, a tone-deaf coach who says, nah, I don't know hoods, no hoodies worn in the, in the locker room, no AirPods, no chains, none of that. So you want to create a whole other narrative when you come here. Then you want to tell these players that you talk to them and you want to be tone-deaf in one of the most important times of their lives. These are young boys, these are young men coming into their own and they're seeing the world, they're seeing they can affect the change of the world and actually going out and doing something and you're telling them that, you, that you're on their side, but you ain't even talked to them. How he still has a job is amazing to me. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get how he still has a job. We were able to come up with the money to pay uh, with the taggers buyout, and no one had it, allegedly. But we can't get dude out here, and he, he ain't coached a down. A down yet. Because at the end of the day, unless he wins nine-plus games, he's going to lose the locker room quick. So they're not going to forget this. They're going to forget you trying to change how they dress. And these aren't your players. You didn't recruit them. These are Coach Taggers players. Welcome to the project, Florida State. Have fun. I, I'm I'm hurt for Jeff and Locke. I'm hurt for that. That's it ain't funny, Jada man. It ain't funny. <laughs> I'm hurt. Yeah, you're all Jay. I'm hurt. I'm hurt for Jeff and Locke, man. Because uh, that's their squad. You know, I root for them on, on a low just because Jeff, Jeff and Locke do. You know. You know. Just no, like wait, wait, wait. You don't root for me. You don't root for the He's Florida like, Gators. You don't I root do, for the Florida Gators. Like, I ain't I never heard you say that. That's a. That's sick. You sick for that, man. You sick for that. Go ahead, though. Finish. I root for you when, when you're not playing Vanderbilt, because you know, because you you started get 
crazy like you're doing now. You start to get crazy. But uh, yeah, I, I just it's just one of those things. It's that's just how I feel about it, man. Mike Nova, you you got yourself in the hole. Get yourself out of it, man. This is not how you want to kick off your first year at a new program. He's only 38 years old. How are you this tone deaf? How, how? This is something a 68-year-old man would say. This is the best player on your team that had to speak out. Marvin Wilson will be a top 10 pick in this draft coming up. He spoke out on you to say that, and this is the changing of the guards. College players are about to start speaking out on these coaches. And this is, this is something we're seeing at the start right now in 2020. There was a point in time when coaches, uh, you, coaches at, at 40, 50, 60 years old wouldn't speak, on, speak bad about Bear Bryant. And 50 years after they played, they wouldn't say a bad word about Bear Bryant. All the way down to Coach Spurrier, all the way down to um, Bobby Petrino. His players wouldn't say nothing. Oh, it's different now. Times is changing, and these players are going to speak out on these coaches. And, uh, Mike Norvell, you on, hey, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. I'm, he's already lost the locker room. It's done. It's burnt. And um, and I and I I ain't gonna lie. You happy about it? Yeah, yeah you are. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, I don't want to hear that shit. I'm excited I about it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm sure I can't. I hope they burn the motherfucker down. I'm gonna be real. Yay! Yeah, hell yeah. I don't give a damn. Hell yeah. Good. I see. Good. I see. Good. good. It's good that it's happening. It's happening. And the projects. The projects is here. Enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it. Breathe yeah. it. Check breathe in. the breathe the asbestos. Let's move on to baseball. Um and hockey. You know, it's been relatively quiet on their fronts in regards to the protests. It took Major League Baseball nine days to respond regarding George Floyd. The proportion of black players which have dwindled in MLB from nineteen percent in the nineteen eighties to eight percent in recent seasons. 60% of MLB players are white. Unfortunately, um, the causes don't necessarily pertain to them, but it shows through the MLB's lack of response and waiting and seeing what's going on. How you guys feel about hockey and MLB responding so late and relatively quiet? It don't surprise me. It, it, it don't surprise me at all. It's one of them. It's just like the Drew Brees thing. They, they're revealing themselves as well. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, we're not blindfolded anymore. We can see. So it don't surprise me that it took the baseball, you know, and this it, it really is backfiring on them because they're, they're not even playing. Players don't even want to play for them no more. They don't even like they might even have a season this year. They don't even want to pay the players. And hockey's just hockey. Jay, you mentioned something, right? You said sixty percent of that league is Caucasian, right? Let's break down why that is. So you break down youth sports. What's accessible to what's accessible to players that are playing youth sports? Baseball is year round. They have priced out the inner city kid to where they can't play travel ball. You can't own your skills throughout the season to get going, right? So when it gets to high school, when it gets to middle school, when you have baseball teams in your school, I'm playing football. Like I can't go to my I can't go to my park and get seven, eight other kids or twelve or twenty other kids to go play baseball. Like that it just becomes it's become difficult to teach that skill to a young kid without having the finances to get him in travel ball, like Little League Baseball from start to finish. Like, they priced us out. So that's, that's why. That's why it's 60% Caucasian, just like that. Yeah, Jeff, th- th- everything you said is definitely true. Um, and think about it. With basketball or sports like football, all you need is shoes and a football as a kid growing up. You go outside, you play. 
baseball, you got to buy a glove, you got to buy cleats, you got to buy a bat. And then as you start to grow, you have to get a new bat. You got to get a new glove. You got to, and those things are not cheap. The MLB and hockey, they had their chance to speak out from the jump, which, like you said, when it doesn't hit home to you, you're not really worried about it. Because like you said, it's not many of us playing those sports, especially hockey. It's even less in hockey than it is baseball. But the reason they're not saying things is because they probably don't care. And when you don't care, you're not in a word or her to speak up about it. You know, they it's not affecting them. What doesn't affect you, you don't really pay attention to. They see what's going on, but so they don't want to say anything that's going to hurt their pockets because they look at it, well, it's not affecting us anyway. We don't have to worry about our players speaking up and saying that we're not going to do this if, or we don't like the way you handled this situation. So that's why I think they've been so quiet with the whole situation. Whew, that was heavy, man. Let's move on to the NBA. Um, first thing we'll talk about, Nick's owner, Jimmy Dolan, man, not speaking out. You can kick this one off, Jeff. <laughs> I don't think there's a more tone-deaf owner in, I don't want to say sports because Jerry Jones and the guy from Texas is still around, so I don't want to say that. But um, Dolan's right up there, and only because he's one of those guys who thinks he's the smartest in the room. and constantly reminds you that he isn't like he constantly says stuff that lets you know you know the thing with him in Oakley his hirings of coaches you know whatever you you realize you know bro you just might not get this whole ownership thing of a team it's not a time to hold on he was better off just not saying anything Mm -hmm. saying we need time and blah 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 blah. just don't say anything that's the best thing he could have done to save face to, 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 to make his players feel like that they have something, you know, to, to believe in. He could have just said nothing. And no one – and, you know, they may have wondered what's taking so long, but I'd rather wonder what's taking so long than to say we need to, we need time to think and we're going to do this. No, man, I, I'm not going to waste my time on Jones, though. He he's, should be out of there as an owner by now at this point. Well, first of all, he, he sent messages to his Madison Square and Garden employees, which didn't mean anything because he said – as companies in the building of sports entertainment, we are not any more qualified than anyone else to offer our opinion on social matters. Why are you not? Everybody's qualified to offer their opinion on social matters. Um, you know, he said he doesn't have the answers today. What can he what what can you do is show support for people who are calling much needed change in the country systematic racism? You can tell the black players on your team you support them. No, as black people. We like action. We don't need all those words because talk is cheap. Show me what you're going to do. Let me see by actions how what you're going to do. Uh, if he'd been someone in the past that has been donating to black companies and programs that help with systematic racism or activists or, you know, we've seen him out here doing things and fighting for racial equality and, and against all the things that's going on, then you could be that person to say, I don't have to say anything because you would have people coming to his aid to say, we don't worry about James. We know what he's doing. We've seen him out here in the streets doing these things. We've seen him in the community trying to help change these things. We've seen him giving money to help these businesses. Then you can say, I don't have to speak out because your actions are speaking, but you're not doing that. So when you, for you to come out and say, you're not qualified to give your opinion on that, that's just basically the same thing as saying, oh, I ain't worried about that. It ain't got nothing to do with me. And you can't do that when you're an owner for an NBA team that's dominated by black males. 
Jane Thaw is it's just one of those people where like I, I could literally see him saying, Man, I really don't want to speak on this. He sh- well don't. I respect that more if you don't speak on it then like I keep saying, man, we know what acting looks like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we we've seen movies, we know what acting looks like. And it, it, it it's one of those things just I respect you more if you didn't speak on it, bro. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But and we as black people, we have we have a sixth sense where we, we actually we can read books and read people, especially white people. We have a, we're superheroes. Period. With Jimmy Dolan, you know, not speaking out, the NBA should be proud of their position that is taken over the years regarding social issues and the encouragement that the NFL never took with their players to allow players to actually speak out. It's very easy to be supportive of initiatives and social issues when you're on the same side of an issue. It's more difficult when you're not. And Jimmy Dolan has never been on the right side of anything. He oversees one of the NBA's flagship franchises, been one of the league's most inept um, as long as I've been alive. And on top of that, they still peck out the garden every game. So, you know, the thing that people have to worry about now are their players speaking out against him. Because we saw this with Donald Sterling. He lost a franchise because of what was said uh, in the confines of his own home. So if a player is to kneel for the anthem or maybe tweak his uniform that says, you know, fire Dolan, will the NBA step up and, you know, find a way just on the strength of Jimmy Dolan not being supportive to social issues, do we find a way to get them out of the league? I don't know how that would look, but they have to find a way to get everybody on the same page. That's what you can't say about the NFL. If one owner feels the same way, the, all the rest will totally line up in order and you will, it will be on one accord. That's why we never saw Colin Kaepernick play again in the NFL. The NBA isn't like that, but Jimmy Dolan, they got to find a way to get him out of there. Man. He's bad. But you know what's weird about Jimmy Dolan? I'll make this super quick. What's weird about him is that when it comes down to upper management and coaching and things like that, he hires African-Americans. He does. It's like he's had, you know, three coaches. Isaiah Thomas is, is a general manager and, and other positions as well. It's like – so he may, he doesn't make this easy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he just hired a, a white Leon. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't get it. Like, I, he just he doesn't make this easy to look at. Like, it's insane. Let's move right along to J.R. Smith. We've been taking apart a Los Angeles protest. Said his truck was parked in a residential area, nowhere near any of the stores that were being looted, and he felt as if his truck was being vandalized. Let's speak on that, Weezy. How you feel about that? <laughs> you kicked me first with J.R. Smith. I see that. Um, man, J.R. Smith is uh, – <laughs> he's, he's – he's, he, I think he had a right. I, I think he should have whooped his ass completely like that. But, yeah, he should have. We're right, Jeffy. We should have whooped his ass. Oh, <laughs> I probably would have whooped his ass, too. And I'm not even the biggest J.R. Smith fan, but it's it's a bad time to mess with us right now, man. It, it's We're real sensitive. We're real short for you. You, you know like the five crackers you buy that's real quick that you can't hold in your hand at all? That's how, that's, that's how it feels right now. It's real. You can get two-piece real quick. And we ain't scared to go to HR no more. You can get two pieces real quick. And, and he said, and short know, fuse. Short fuse. And this is one of those things where, like we just said, man, my car is parked nowhere close to where protesting is going on. 
I think would have been a situation where if his car would have been or truck would have been in the middle of where everything was going on, it wouldn't have been as bad as a reaction. But if he would have seen the person do it, he probably still reacted the same way. But my car is completely not near anything that's going on. And you just go and busting my windows out. Like, that's one of those things, like, what are you doing? That has nothing to do with what we're doing. That's the stuff that's making the peaceful protesting and the people that's protesting the right way look bad. So he deserved to get his ass whooped. Yes, I'm going to say it. I would have whipped his ass, too. That's my property. It wasn't bothering <laughs> you. It has nothing to do with, with us protesting and what we're protesting for. You just want to come up uh, and bust out my windows on my truck, so I'm going to bust your ass. Yes, I would have done the same thing. All right. Jeff, what you got? Hey, man, I, I can't say it better than that. <laughs> but, um, in all honesty, this is kind of – I. I feel like this is like with anyone, if it's your store, if it's your um, your hot dog stand or whatever, if you want to stand up and fight for it, you can do that. Now, you, now if you're in the middle of, of the of the protesting and the rioting and your stuff gets, you know, your windows get busted out, you come out and want to fight one person, you might have to fight more than one person. Now, this, this person who busted out JR's windows got a one-on-one and yeah, it wasn't in his favor. So <laughs> that's just a part of it. Like if you if you go down there and protest and you take part in any kind of vandalism of somebody else's stuff, that is still somebody else's stuff. And you got and you might get hit in the mouth for it. That's just a part of it. I agree, man. Um, I think Jr. was seeing red at the time, like we was saying that fuse was short, man. And the video footage showed him uh getting the best of this human being. Looked like half his size. Here's the thing that JR has to realize, 34-year-old man. There's four little girls at home, I think. You don't want that image to be portrayed when you're trying to get back into a league, uh, regardless of the fact whether he's right or wrong, which I 100% agree that he was right for kicking this person's ass. But you don't want that image to be out there if you're a father, if you're a brother, if you just anything, especially a public figure capable of doing that you know, because it doesn't set the um, the world to know that the great person that J.R. Smith is. He has laps of judgments all the time, and Wheezy hates him for it. But at the same time, man, this doesn't show the true person that J.R. is. And I hate that we see that uh, because of the fuse being short. He was seeing red at the time. He was upset because of the protests. And then when I'm out here trying to protest, person vandalizes my car when I was nowhere near what was going on in a residential neighborhood. Yes, you deserve to get your ass kicked, but you have to think better, you know, more, you know, logically, because in turn, I'm sure this person is going to sue JR and it's going to be, you know, you know, something that it could take away from the food that's going into the mouths of his family and friends. So that's the only thing I don't like about it. But I agree with Locke. He should have got his ass whooped. But at the same time, you have to oh, you have to think and maybe just, you know, maybe mush the kid. Get him close to you and tell him, you know, I should whoop your ass. But in turn, you know, I'm trying to protest things and I want to educate you as to why you shouldn't do this instead of going about that. And I think it would have been shown in, in a different light than how it is. Yeah, real, real quick. Yeah, have y'all seen that video when JRB do up? Yes. Yeah, y'all would like bend somewhere and, and see a straight dog and kick at a dog and go running away once you get kicked. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah, he got, like, he got, he got two feet and then he just dipped when <laughs> the dude just ran away. And JR didn't want to stop, but then like his agent and friends yeah. and managers was like, hey man, chill, chill. You got him, you got him, you got him, you got him. 
And it, you know, he was, yeah, because he was stomping him out. He was going to stomp him completely out. It wouldn't have been no get up and run away if JR would have kept going. And but you got to you gotta imagine JR Smith just came from a protest. All the anger was up in him. He had a short field. He was M90, like an M90, real, he ready to pop on somebody real quick. Before we get things going, let's talk about high school players. Instead of going to Power Five Division One programs, Let's get them to some HBCUs, man. Let's talk about it, Coach. You can kick it off. Well, th- this is something that we, if you go back and check us out in the archives, this is something that we've talked about and brought up in the past. But now it's something that you're starting to see. We have top-ranked freshman Mikey Williams who's come out publicly on Twitter and say that, what would it be like if I went to HBCU? And he's let it be known that this is not something that he just recently did because of everything that's going on. He said himself that this is something that he's thought about long before. And it's good to see that because it's going to take players of that caliber for that to happen. And shout out to Coach Penny at Tennessee State University. He offered the kid. And, you know, we've seen a big buzz around that on Twitter and social media and through the sports world. So it's going to take kids like him to make that first step. And maybe this is the thing that's going to push more kids to that in football and basketball, all major sports. Now, the other part of that is there are only so many HBCUs. You know, you only have the SWAC conference and you have the MEAC conference. Those are ones in Division One. Now, there are some others in Division Two, but I don't see those kids wanting to go play Division Two sports, which they could. And then that money could bring that school to come up to be a Division One sport. So that could be another aspect of it happening. But it would for sure happen first with the MEACs and the SWACs. So we control the narrative with that. Yes, those TV deals have been set in stone, and that's what the money is for 10 years or so. But it's going to take a marathon of kids doing this. We're not going to be able to see this in one or two years where you have five, six, seven top kids go to HBCUs and then three years later we expect to see a big difference it's going to be a something that has to happen for a consistent basis over 15 or 20 years for us to really see a big deal as far as how it affects HBCUs I know it was hard to go first because you know the white schools and the blue bloods and it's that they're always competitive but now they're showing you they don't give a shit about us man you got a reason to come prove something that's that's gonna that's gonna last forever. It's gonna be it's gonna be more it's gonna be worth more than more money, more than money. You you, you have a statue to live forever for your kids, kids and kids and kids. Harney just woke up. <laughs> Hold on, one second. I agree with Weezy, man. Like, is you have a chance to rewrite the narrative? Like Coach said, you know, we control the narrative. We have a way to uh, rewrite the narrative as far as you know what is considered a powerhouse. Who who who's where's the recruiting hotbeds? You know things like that. Um, where's the t- the funnel to what school? Like if two of these kids go to a HBCU and 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 turn it into a winner, right? It becomes a place where it don't have to be a five star kid or a four star kid, but some of those three star and two star kids that are going places like I don't know Florida State that aren't really basketball powerhouses or, you know, places like that, or the sixth ranked team in the SEC going to play at Auburn's and all that, you can come to a Tennessee State. You the man on campus. You know, we're not going to go into details, but just being a student at Tennessee State University, 
it don't get much better than that. So picture you being a, a top ranked, a top recruited three star at two to three star athlete coming to Tennessee State University. And you want to be not because you got kicked out of Alabama or Florida State or something like that. No, 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 no. You want to be there. Oh, the world is yours, young man. Flourish. That that's hundred percent. You know, and the good thing with Mikey, his mom went to an HBCU. You know, she went to Hampton. She played softball in Hampton, so she could tell him everything that went on. That's one of the you know the better HBCUs um, in the world. So if you're a pro, wherever you go. No matter what college you go to, they're going to find you. At Duke, Kansas's, Kentucky's, he'd just be the next man up. When Zion left, they were ready for Vernon Carey as the next up. Now, we didn't forget how good Zion and RJ and Cam Reddish were, but it was the next man up. If he goes to an HBCU, like, this will last forever. This is something that we will always remember. Decades. PWIs have raked in revenue for, you know, their institutions because of black athletes. So someone like Mikey going to an HBCU can generate so much money, so much exposure to that program without sacrificing the pursuit of a pro career, getting him, he's going to be a lottery pick regardless where he goes. If he goes to TSU or if he goes to MTSU, or if he goes to Tennessee, he will still be a lottery pick. The revenue that he generates during that college career would stay within the black community, and it will also affect his overall legacy way more than him going to Duke. So it just makes sense, man. I hope and pray that, you know, that was the whole point of Penny actually taking this job was turning Tennessee State into a powerhouse. If he can get those players, by all means, man, it's something that, that will change the world, man. And I hope it's on his call for sure. I hope with everything that's going on that some of these pro athletes that are already in the league, that have sons that are these high-profile players like LeBron James, like Dwayne Wade, if we could get them to do that, it would make the big, a big difference because now you have not only is it a, a kid that's highly recruited going to the schools. You have high-profile names like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, that kids look up to that would say, oh, my, oh man, if LeBron sent his son to this HBCU, then I, I can go there. It'll make them want to go there because they're impressionable. So if we can get those to get on board with that too, then the sky's be the limit. I think it'll start to happen more often and it'll be a snowball effect. Weezy, you got something to say? I know Harmony pulled you away, man. Uh yeah, uh it's just really what I, I like like uh like Jalen Jalen uh oh my god I'm drawing on blank right now. Yeah, Jalen Rose said man, and I want to ask Jay and Lot just one second real quick. Tell them how much fun they'll have if they come to an HBCU. Oh man, it's <laughs> it, it's it's unexplainable, especially because like Jeff mentioned earlier, not only he's gonna be a student, but he's gonna be a student athlete. Bro. And you're going to be bringing so much, it's going to be so much attention brought to you, man. It's just, it's another, it's an experience that you never forget and you, you want it. Like, you know, the people at that school care for you. You know, when you go to those other schools, you're one in a class of a hundred people. You know, when you go to HBCU, you, it might be 30 people in that classroom and you have those relationships with professors. I still remember a lot of my professors from college that I knew really care you know they they showed that interest and then 
you don't you feel at home you know it's just a a culture thing that you would you can't get anywhere else like when you go to hbcu that hbcu sticks you for life it is yeah no for sure and you also think man you know just being a player like mikey williams coming to tsu you know he lives in san diego you know he's coming to tsu it's just different man i've seen so many people get to that campus with a different mindset and they come out a totally different person. So for the better, hundred percent. And then on top of that, you know, once you graduate and stuff, you don't have to worry about people saying so much racist stuff that you unfollow them. Like you go in a PWI. They don't call it the land of the golden sunshine for nothing. Hey, the sun never sets. <laughs> damn right. Here for sure, man. You damn right. Um, all in all, man, you know, we had a totally different show plan for today. And what we had to do is just, man, pull an audible, man, and turn this into a conversation about what's going on in sports in the world today, man. It was great hearing everybody's opinion about things. And, again, I just want to say that I think things are going in the right directions. Uh, even though we won't be alive to see the full outcome of things. Who might? Not, not, to, not to the effect that he's talking about. Nah. Yeah, I got like, you. Yeah, nah. We won't. But in turn, we will see change and we're seeing change and it's going the right way. Again, everybody take care of your mentals, man. Talk to your people about things 100%. Man. Anybody else got anything to say before we get out of here? Oh, man, great there. show. Keep, keep pushing. Keep the narrative going. Mm-hmm. You know, stay safe out here. Be smart. Look out for one each other for show. Sure. And it's a pandemic still going on, too. So please keep your mask on. Wash your hands um, when we out here protesting, for sure, man, because, you know, on top of this, y'all know we're fighting the cause. We're also fighting a deadly <laughs> virus as well. We have forgot all about COVID. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going out the window. Took a backseat. Kevin COVID <laughs> took a backseat to what was going on, which is cool, man, to see. More than anything, man, YouTube.com slash Full Sport Press, man. Subscribe. Get them thumbs up. Out. For sure, get those thumbs up. Maybe on the lookout for a giveaway. Yeah, man, we got Wheezy riled up. I think everybody cursed <laughs> except for me on this episode. I didn't say it. Well. Uh, you cursed. You cursed. I didn't he curse did. one time. He did. When oh, you said good. Florida State. State. Yeah. <laughs> I said I don't give a damn. Damn is a no. cuss word. No, they say no. I seen. I seen. Per- I seen pastors say damn in the pulpit. That ain't what you said. You cursed. You cursed. Yeah, you cursed. Don't worry. What about did it. I say? Get on the playback. You get on the play. Don't worry about it. Well, I'm yeah. saying, yeah, not for sure. Enjoy. Enjoy. Enjoy Mike Norvell. Enjoy. Enjoy him. Um <laughs> I, I, that's okay. <laughs> I can we got we got Jeff cursing. Jeff cursed five, six times. Now my mama gonna be out at you, Jeff. <laughs> I know it. I'm, I'm apologizing now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the tweets with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press, man. Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate. And subscribe, but more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. Coach Lock. Get the drummer song. Weezy. Everything paid for, baby. Jeff. Camera's always on, brother. Always. Yeah, you damn right, boy. You ain't <laughs> never said a word. Uh, cameraman, the revolution will be podcasting, man. We are out. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press Podcast. 
To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The revolution will be podcasted. (laughs)